Alright, what's up guys? I'm Tyler and welcome to the Call the Audible podcast brought to you by Ride the Wave Media and Call the Audible. Got a review and preview of the divisional round and looking forward to the AFC and NFC championship games. Uh, Going to give you my picks, my new Super Bowl favorite, talk about the head coaching hires, the offseason. Um, so with that being said, let's get into it. Uh, interesting divisional round this weekend. Saturday was kind of boring. Sunday was um, pretty entertaining. So I'm here to cover that all. Rams, Packers, Saints, Bucks, Ravens, Bills, Browns, Chiefs, and as teams keep falling off, we'll keep covering them more and more um, closely. So I want to talk first about the review, then we'll go to the preview, and then we'll talk Super Bowl favorite, the Super Bowl matchup, um, my reaction to some head coaching hires, um, as it was a pretty busy week for that. Then we'll talk about what those mean, um, and we'll talk a little bit about the offseason moving forward. So, the divisional round preview, here we go, Rams, Packers. Um, At this point, I don't think anything can stop Green Bay now, as it seems. Uh, A Sean McVay offensive coordinator, um, you know, a good rookie running back, the number one pass defense in the league, and this team still put up 32 points. You know, they have a dynamic offense, you know, uh, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Alan Lazard, Robert Tanyan, you know, and also Jones, Williams, and Dylan out of the backfield all got touches, all performed well. And I'm thinking the Rams kind of got to get off Jared Goff. And it just so happens that I think the Patriots would be a good destination for him. They are a team that needs a quarterback. And when I looked at Spotrack, um, they really go into detail about salary cap situations and certain players. And so I looked at the Goff salary cap situation. And if Spotrack has it right, which they usually do, the Rams can get off almost scot-free with like a $6 million cap hit if they cut, sorry, if they trade Jared Goff post June 1st so you know um, after June 1st if they trade Jared Goff who's on like a 33 million dollar deal right now per year um, that could that could work out for New England Um, but you know the Rams and Patriots are kind of similar in that they want to play good defense run the ball and not make a whole lot of mistakes and Goff just makes mistakes so I'm not sure there's going to be a massive market for him, but I think the Rams are going to look to move off him. Someone said today that Goff and McVay need marriage counseling. Uh, he refused to say that Sean McVay refused to say that Jared Goff's the week one starting quarterback for 2021. It kind of seemed like Goff was healthy and he was able to play like against Seattle. Um, then Wolford got hurt and he came back in and played all right. And he really did play all right against um, Green Bay, but it's not, it's not, he's not part of a recipe to win right now. We saw that against the Super Bowl. He just kind of too, he's kind of too inconsistent, and I think that Sean McVay's offense deserves someone, and the team really needs someone um, that's going to bring the team to the next level from a quarterback play standpoint because they're pretty freaking good everywhere else. Um, so I think the Rams are going to try to move off Jared Goff. It's kind of both ends of the spectrum. Uh, two guys, franchise quarterbacks, both are getting paid, but Aaron Rodgers is the best of the best, and Jared Goff, um, a fringe starter at this point. Saints Buccaneers. Drew Brees, that's a bad exit. Um, it's not going to impact his legacy whatsoever, but it's just another tough playoff loss for New Orleans. Um, you know, the Minneapolis Miracle losing to the Vikings again last year. The Rams pass interference, no call. Uh, they said there was a no call. Kyle Rudolph push off offensive pass interference. So just kind of rough, and Brees throws three picks before he retires. And now people are talking about what's next for New Orleans. There was a report came out that I posted on Call the Audible that they like Jameis Winston going forward. They like what they've seen from him, and they hope they can extend him. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. They're about 90 to $95 million. Even someone said $99 million over the salary cap. 
for next year. And so Breeze's two-year deal is a two-year $50 million deal. And since they were already in a little bit of a rough salary cap situation this year, they backloaded it, figuring it was going to be a retirement next year. So a lot of that $90 million is going to go away. About forty, um, upwards of $40 million is going to go away with Breeze's retirement. That will become a non-football salary as I understand it. Um, so Breeze, that's going to be still $50 million over the salary cap, so they're going to have some tough decisions to make. Taysom Hill, whoops, notification there. Taysom Hill counts for a lot against the cap next year. If they, if they decide they like Jameis Winston, they could move on from Taysom Hill and say, look, we can get this uh, playmaking talent from other people. Ty Montgomery has looked really good as a receiver running back, kind of in the same He's the same type of athlete as Taysom Hill, so they could decide they, they like him or that just, um, you know, the salary doesn't justify Taysom's play. They could also say we want to keep Taysom and we're going to part ways with other guys um, because Taysom, we're not entirely sure if we want Jameis and if he struggles early, we might go to Taysom. Um, it means a lot that they went to Taysom Hill when Breeze went down over Jameis Winston, but maybe that showed what Sean Payton can and cannot do with him because they had to give him his due diligence. But it sounds like they like Jameis more. They can get Jameis Winston back on a team-friendly deal, 10 to $15 million a year to prove it for maybe a one- or two-year deal, and then they can give him a big extension if they if they can get out of the salary cap mess. So Breeze's retirement's going to take off about half of that, I'd imagine. A Taysom Hill trade could take off a little bit more of that, and I could see them moving on from a guy like Teron Armstead, their left tackle. He's getting older. He's getting more and more expensive, and they could move their – um, all pro pro bowl right tackle ryan ramchek over to left tackle and draft they've drafted offensive line very well recently and with that later pick in the draft 27 28 i'm not sure where they're going to finish they could draft a right tackle there um, or they can move you know a guard outside and draft wyatt davis he's going to be available around there so there's a lot of things that they could do but i think they could look um, to get faster and younger on that offensive line and less expensive but who knows? Sean Payton might want might not want to mess up that chemistry. They could opt to go with a defensive guy, get rid of a corner. Who knows what he wants to do? But there's going to be some tough decisions having to be made in New Orleans this offseason, and that's what we're looking at with the Saints. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers, Tom Brady performed great. That front seven performed very well, um, and that's going to be crucial going into the rest of the playoffs. Um, so Buccaneers looking good, passing every test, beat a good Washington defense, beat a really good Saints defense. Um to get Saints offense even those four turnovers um the fumble and then also the three picks from Breeze uh definitely helped them get out of that game um, but Buccaneers are beating good teams and that's what we were worried about is beating teams over 500 I like the Saints as a zero rule pick I know a lot of teams a lot of people like the Saints to go deep in the playoffs and like them as one of the better teams in the NFL so for the Bucks to beat them especially after losing 35 points to them last time that's a big deal Ravens-Bills, the Allen-Diggs connection keeps going, um, and the Ravens offense continues to struggle in the playoffs. There's something to be said about playing really well in the regular season, um, especially in 2019, going 14-2. and two. And then this year, Lamar Jackson even said, I mean, we're, we're getting up to the line of scrimmage, and the defense is calling out our plays. Like, Greg Roman's offense, I wouldn't be... Greg Roman's talking about getting head coaching jobs next year. I wouldn't be surprised if eventually they moved on if they can't figure it out. Because this offense... Um, Scored 29, well, 28.9 points per game in the regular season since 2018, and only 13 points per game in the playoffs since 2018. So, you know, there is something to be said um, for you get to the playoffs, you can't play the Bengals twice a year like the Ravens do. You can't play the weaker teams in the NFL, the weaker run defenses, and you can't 
you have to play with a sense of urgency in the playoffs and you're playing against an offense that's just as good um maybe a little bit worse maybe a little bit better but still a competent offense so you know the ravens have to figure it out they have to keep up they can't be on these uh, really really long plays in every single playoff games so there's the right matchups like i said with the browns versus the chiefs it's this is the right matchup to run the ball um and and chew clock and keep Mahomes on the sidelines but but at some point you're gonna have to play just like the buffalo bills you have to play a, a good defense a good head coach a good defensive coordinator and you're gonna have to pass the ball a lot and lamar jackson did not look very good passing the ball um so yeah the ravens offense is going to continue to struggle and you know the play caller needs to be a little more creative lamar jackson needs to be better in the passing game and uh until then they're they're not going to do anything and now lamar's one and three in the playoffs browns chiefs i think baker's the guy i wouldn't it said they said they're not going to pursue a contract this offseason i wouldn't either um i i'd i'd try and see and evaluate and ask you know um ask the agent open a little bit of talks just on a on kind of a casual basis to uh, see what baker is going to want um but you know he is the guy he looks like the guy he looked very good you know he got an actual competent head coach and and he looked very good he looked like his rookie yourself but even better you know less turnovers just good decisions as a good leader he looks mature um looks skinnier looks more athletic i think baker is the guy for sure and so is kevin stefanski they got a good one in him um, now it's going to be uh what's next for the browns now it's going to be they move off obj um, I think you move off Odo Beckham. I think you can still get some good draft capital for him. Maybe not a one anymore, um, but I think you can get a two, maybe a four or a three um, as well, or just a couple fives, a couple sixes, you know, whatever. Um, but I think you can get a solid package of picks or maybe a starter in that secondary. Maybe you get a safety and um, a decent pick or a decent few picks for OBJ, but Baker's clearly better. He's a, he's a I want to spread it out. And people talk about how good this offense is, and, you know, it's never going to be this good for Baker, and I disagree. I mean, his wide receiver one at this point is Jarvis Landry, um, who I think is a, is a pretty good two, but I don't think he's he's got a one talent. But, um, you know, he's spreading it to – and he's always going to have a good offensive line because there are certain parts of the team that you can afford to pay. And so Baker right now has an offensive line, and that is sustainable. Now are are there going to be different guys that have to go in and out because of age? Yes, but Baker, it's sustainable for Baker Mayfield to have a good offensive line um, throughout his career because that can be the area they pay. They're paying Jarvis, they're paying OBJ, but I I think they'll try and get out of that. They're paying Austin Hooper, but he hasn't really performed this year. I think they'll try and get out of that. And then they're going to have to pay Chubb and Hunt. But if you pay your offensive lineman and you pay a running back, um, you know, eight or nine million a year, and you pay your backup running back the same, you know, you can devote in this certain system you can devote some good money to running back and offensive line and still be fine um donovan people's jones looks like he can play they've just got and david njoku i think is going to stay because i think his role is going to be bigger next year especially if they can get out of that austin hooper deal uh which which looks bad uh at this point but at this point they need to move off of obj maybe move off austin hooper if they can get some good picks that they can put towards the secondary and then this brown seems not going to have a lot of weaknesses so that's where the Browns are moving forward, and the Chiefs. You know, this is a game that the, really the Browns should the Browns should still be in the playoffs. Um, first and goal, and we've seen how creative Kevin Stefanski has been at at the goal line in the red zone. They've been one of the best teams in the red zone, um, offensively. 
you know, there's a couple, I mean, throw it to Hooper, throw it to Njoku, um, motion, uh, handoffs to Jarvis Landry, give it to Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt has been efficient in the red zone, um, and at the goal line scoring a lot of touchdowns this year, uh, Kevin Stefanski would have scored from the one, I think that's a given, and he would have scored, um, he would have scored three, but it kind of looks like the Browns were just stunned. Um, and that, I feel like that led to to a Baker pick after that, um, which was just kind of an odd situation. But that helmet-to-helmet hit, first of all, fumble out of the end zone. I don't even want to get into There's so many other options you could do, bring the ball to the one-yard line. Because a touchback is for a kicker that has a big leg or for a returner who it's not the right situation for them to return. And that's kind of a player safety thing. Speaking of player safety, Rashard Higgins catches that ball. Nice throw from Baker. Leads him to be able to make a lunge at the end zone. Lunges at the end zone. Helmet to helmet hit. That's that's where the play should start and stop. Is they bring the ball back to the one yard line. Other than that, it's a no call. It rolls out of the end zone. It's a touchback, which I don't even understand. You bring the ball to the one yard line. If you fumble at the one, it goes out of the one. And you restart the next play at the one. If you fumble at the and it goes out of the ten, you bring the ball to the ten and you run the next play with however many yards you lost off the fumble. You don't, um, you, you don't, I just don't understand how you justify a touchback off of a turnover. I think you'd at least bring it to the one yard line. Um, it, it, sure, it's still a turnover, but make them start from the five or the 10. Just the ball rolling out of the end zone. You, you'd think maybe restart the play for the offense or at least turn it over at the one. I don't even, I don't even really know. Um, it's one of those things if you fumble, in the open field and it goes out of bounds, you're safe. You get a run offense again. I feel like it should have been out of the one based on the touchback. I think it should have been out of the one down at the one because of the helmet to helmet contact. And I think the Browns have been a great red zone team. And I think they would have scored a touchdown. And instead of losing by five, maybe they would have won by two. Mahomes leaving the game definitely changed it after that. Then uh, championship games preview based off the actual winners this weekend, Buccaneers Packers. I want to go over that give you my game pick, early game pick. Uh, this is subject to change. I don't think it will, but it's subject to. You know, Lambeau should not affect Brady or Rodgers. Um, you know, Brady played 20 years in Boston and Foxborough, and that's one of the toughest places to play weather-wise, fans-wise, so that should not have an effect on him. You know, two dynamic offenses like I talked about with Green Bay, spreading it to A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, uh, Robert Tunyon, and so yeah, these are just two dynamic offenses. The Bucks, you know, with Brady, Evans, Godwin, Gronk, Brait, Antonio Brown, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, uh, not Mike Evans, Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. So two dynamic offenses going to meet up, and it's my my main question for Tampa Bay is who's going to match up with Devontae Adams in the secondary? I don't think anyone can. Meanwhile, Brady's probably favorite target, Mike Evans. Um, I think I think Jerry Alexander can take him out of the game. We've seen good corners take Mike Evans out of games this year. Um, and I think Jerry Alexander has the capability of doing that. The Tampa Bay front seven can have a big impact on this game, especially with David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, done um, for a long time with that ACL. Uh, the, the left tackle has uh, performed well, it looked like, in his, in his absence. Um, but still, it's a backup left tackle is a backup left tackle for a reason, and Bakhtiari is one of the best in the league for a reason at the left tackle spot. So um, there will be a little bit more of an impact from that front seven with Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul and those two outstanding middle linebackers, uh, Levante David and Devin White. 
and um, Vitavea, his um, designation for return from the IR after that ankle fracture is open. I don't think he'll play this year. Um, maybe play a couple snaps in the Super Bowl, but uh, if Tampa Bay gets there. Um, but no, a lot of good, a lot of good players on that front seven that can make an impact, and Dominic Sue even. Now I want to talk about Green Bay's biggest flaw, and I'll do that in a minute. Um, their run defense. People say that Green Bay cannot stop the run because of how they performed against the 49ers over a year ago in the NFC, or about about a year ago in the NFC Championship game. 186 yards before contact. Raheem Mostert had that monster game against the Kyle Shanahan power run offense. I get it. A great defensive line. Um, a great offensive line, sorry, in San Francisco. I get it. It was a flaw. It was a bad performance from the defense, but people change. Times change. There, A lot of those Green Bay linebackers are gone. A lot of new ones are in. It's not as much of a flaw anymore. Even that should have no effect on this game versus Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette because both have looked good, but both have also been at times inconsistent, and neither of them are big enough, are a big enough part of the game plan to really be able to make a big impact on the game. You know, they're kind of... Um, they're smaller pieces of the puzzle. Really, they want to they want to pass the ball 40 times a game and run it 20 times or 19 or 15 times. So these guys can have impacts on the game, but that's that's giving Brady a, a second and four or a second and six rather than we're gonna run you at the red zone. We're gonna run you. We're gonna run you all over the field, and then Brady's just gonna be a system play action quarterback. That's not what this offense is. So that run defense, even if it's still bad, can't really be exposed because. Uh, they're not playing against Derrick Henry, which I'll talk about in a minute, um, who still they performed good against. It's just not the right situation for the Packers if they still have a run defense flaw um, to show that against. So I'm going to say the Packers 28 over the Buccaneers 20. Chiefs, Bills in the AFC Championship game. Two young gunslingers going at it, Allen and Mahomes. Assuming Mahomes is healthy, all signs are pointing to the fact that he will be able to play. And uh, the Bills, on offense, they struggled to run the ball, but the Chiefs, you know, struggled to stop the run. Um, so so it kind of cancels out there. Both teams have top 10 secondaries, according to PFF, and both have two great passing offenses, so I think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, the Chiefs did play bad to end the year. Um, not sure the Browns' secondary was a tough matchup or even prepared the offense and Mahomes in two and a half quarters to face a Leslie Frazier defense who's getting head coaching looks now. Uh, you know, they played bad against Denver, against Carolina. That was a big part of my 30-second Instagram reel preview of the game. Uh, it's just, you know, they played bad against bad opponents. Mahomes didn't even get a full game in because he left with an injury. He might not even get a full week of practice in, depending on the protocol, if he's still in concussion protocol or um, with the nerve thing in his neck. And another question is, who for Kansas City takes digs? Because, you know, uh, Tredavious White can take Tyreek Hill, um, and that might be a good matchup. But who for Kansas City takes digs? Uh, I'm not sure. And who if if who takes digs, and then can he stop digs? So I'm going to take the Bills 24 to 17 over the Chiefs. So that creates a Super Bowl matchup of the Bills versus the Packers, which is what I called for a couple weeks ago before kind of last podcast switching up my pick really quick to the New Orleans Saints, but I'm going back. I'm reverting now that the Saints are out to Bills-Packers, so I'm happy that those two teams are still standing because that really is my original pick, and I'm happy to be going to that. So now my Super Bowl favorite, my winner to this game, I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers are the Super Bowl favorite at this point. And I want to talk about that run flaw that we just talked about, their run defense. People can't get over it. 
and it's time to. So people say that the biggest flaw is their run defense, and so I want to take a look at it. Against 2,000-yard rusher Derrick Henry at the end of the year, they held him to under 100 yards, and they played. Uh, he did average 4.3 yards a carry, which is pretty good, but it's actually an entire yard under his season average. They also held him to no touchdowns when he scored like 16 or 17 on the year. They committed, this is how they played him, they committed seven to eight guys to him every single play and played with five or six down defensive linemen for most of the game. And it's not like it's not like some teams are just, just power run, bad quarterback play. All they can do is run the football. Um, so it's easy to say first, second, third down, they want to run the ball for the most part. I mean, there's certain situations, third and 12, uh, uh, desperate situations at the end of the half or the end of the game where they need to score, then maybe they pass the ball. So it's not like they're looking at this and saying it's predictable when they run, and that's all they do is run. Because if you think all they do is run, you haven't watched the Titans play. Ryan, Tann Ryan Tannehill has 33 touchdown passes this year. A.J. Brown had 1,075 yards and 11 touchdowns. Corey Davis had 984 yards and 5 touchdowns. The tight end, Jonu Smith, had 8 touchdowns. And the offensive coordinator was so good you know, as an offensive coordinator, you have to be able to mix, um, you know, run and passing. You have to be able to be unpredictable, which he was. And so he was so good that he got a head coaching job, one of seven, a head coaching hire. He's now one of 32, but in this window, he was one of seven hires. Now he's going to be the Falcons head coach. So it's not like, not like they were a one-dimensional offense. You know, Tannehill had 33, all the things I just named. It's not like they had a bad offensive coordinator. He's now a head coach. He's so good. And it's not like um it's not like this wasn't this was a predictable offense that you could say more often than not they're gonna run. Well, to be fair, more often than not they probably will run, um, because of who Derrick Henry is. But there's certain situations and a lot of times they do like to pass with Tannehill. So the Packers Knowing that Tannehill's a really good quarterback and knowing they've got some really good playmakers, Jonu Smith, Corey Davis, A.J. Brown, knowing that, you know, they are going to pass, we can still commit these guys and hold this team to 14 points. And that's all I needed to see from this team. So, you know, they went up against an unpredictable offense, a good offensive coordinator, a good offensive line, a good running back, a good quarterback, a couple good receivers. And their running back was so dominant that they had to commit a couple guys to him, and they still played well against all those other factors. So that's all I needed to see from the Packers. They're my Super Bowl favorite. And I haven't even talked about the offense. Aaron Rodgers had a career year and an amazing Hall of Fame career. 4,300 yards, 51 total touchdowns, 48 passing, 3 rushing, only 5 interceptions. The offensive line only allowed 20 sacks, among the best in the NFL. Aaron Jones had 1,100 yards and 9 touchdowns. Devontae Adams had 115 catches for 1,370 yards and 18 touchdown catches in only 14 games. Tight end Robert Tunyon had 50 catches, 500 yards, and 11 touchdowns. And their number two and three receivers, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Alan Lazard, combined for another 109 catches, 1,100 yards, and 9 touchdowns. And in general defense, Darius Smith had 12.5 sacks. Preston Smith had 8 tackles for loss. Jerry Alexander had a great year. Christian Kirksey had 78 combined tackles. We're looking at a complete roster with a special quarterback and a great coach. Those are the re uh, those are the recipes for success. That's why they're my Super Bowl pick. They're just a complete team. They have a great roster, and that roster has performed all year long. So Green Bay today is my Super Bowl pick. It'll be a close one over the Buffalo Bills, and I think they're going to beat the beat the Green Bay Packers this weekend in the NFC Championship game. 
go to a bye. They were pretty good off a bye last uh, this past weekend. And I think it's going to be a great game. Um, even that flaw, supposed flaw, let's say I didn't just totally shut down your case for run defense. They're not really playing a running back. Zach Moss is done for the year. They're playing against 5'7", Devin Singletary if they make it to the Super Bowl for Buffalo. So they can play good pass defense. Jerry Alexander can take Stephon Diggs. Um, they've got good linebackers. They've got good runners. And so, and they've got, obviously, one of the best receivers, if not the best receiver in the NFL, in Devontae Adams. And so if Tredavious White takes him, who's the other corner, Levi Wallace or uh, Zach Norman for Buffalo? I mean, he's on Alan Lazard, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who are both really good. Um, Valdez-Scantling's kind of a deep threat. Um, f- that's for the Packers. And, uh, you know, for the for the Bills, if uh, Jerry Alexander takes Stephon Diggs, John Brown and Cole Beasley can still make an impact. Dawson Knox can still make an impact. Josh Allen can still run around. So it's going to be it's going to be a great game. Um, but I'm going to take the Packers to win the Super Bowl over the Buffalo Bills. Now let's talk about head coaching. Philadelphia, it's not a super desirable job. Uh, looks like uh, Doug Peterson wanted Jalen Hurts, and the owner still wants Carson Wentz. So we'll see. Um, Looks like Carson Wentz is going to be the starter next year because they're going to hire a coach who wants to work with Carson Wentz. And it's looking at this point like Josh McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, is the front runner. Um, Arthur Smith, the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, who we just talked about for a minute, was hired by the Falcons. I thought they were going to go in a defensive direction, but I guess they liked what they saw from Arthur Smith. Only a coordinator for one year with the Titans, I believe. Um, but, you know, it, it sounds like he was around Matt LaFleur. He was around Mike Vrabel, two really good head coaches, two playoff head coaches. Detroit hired Dan Campbell, the tight ends coach, slash the assistant head coach for the New Orleans Saints. So that was confirmed after their victory. The Chargers hired Brandon Staley, the Rams defensive coordinator, which kind of looked like a surprising move, and I said this in my Call the Audible post. They must have wowed him because a lot of times – um, there will be a favorite for a job. Like Brian Dayball was kind of emerging as the favorite for this position. Josh Allen, I talked about how it was my match made in heaven on the podcast. And um, so it looked like Brian Dayball was the favorite. But guess what? The Bills are still in the playoffs, so they can't hire him yet. They can't have two in-depth interviews yet. And so they must have said, all right, well, we'll meet with Brandon Staley along the way. Uh, he's young. He's a defensive guy. So they must think that's really important to them. Um, and so they might be looking at it like Brandon Staley really wowed us. Let's not wait for uh, Brian Dayball when we can hire Staley now. So a lot of times I think when there's a, a set-in-stone candidate or it seems to be that way, uh, it takes another candidate to really wow them in an interview in order to change their mind, and it looks like that might have been what happened. So Houston, they look. it's looking like they're starting to like the enemy more and more. It's not just um, It's not just interviewing and due diligence for Deshaun Watson. It looks like they're starting to like him. Who knows if Biennemi wants a job? Apparently he wants nothing to do with it, but he's going to interview. Jacksonville hired Urban Meyer. I think it's a good hire. I think he's a culture changer. I think he can motivate guys. It'll be interesting to see how he does. He's going to have a once-in-a-generation prospect in Trevor Lawrence, um, barring any unforeseen changes. He's going to have a lot of cap money. He's going to have a lot of picks in the upcoming draft 11, I believe. Um, So it'll be interesting. I think he'll handle the transition well. Um... And so we'll see what happens with that. Kind of a gutsy call. 
uh, to go with Urban Meyer, but I like it. It's a, it's a big hire. He's long been thought as one of the best college coaches in the NF, uh, in history, and it would be interesting to see him in the NFL. And so, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, he's going to have a lot of say in that GM process, and it's going to be, according to the owner himself, everyone will be there to carry out Urban's vision. So I think that can honestly turn turn out really well for the Jags. Uh, he turned around a lot of college programs. He brought a lot of college programs back, and I think he'll be able to do that with Jacksonville. And the Jets hired Robert Sala. They went from a um, an angry, quiet offensive coach to uh, uh, to a bubbly, uh, motivational players coach. That was a defensive guy. And so Robert Sala is gonna. I think he's gonna be a tremendous coach. Uh, you know, last year they were talking about how he was probably gonna get coaching looks, and he didn't. So he stayed. Um, and, you know, brought that San Francisco defense to the Super Bowl last year. This year didn't get the job yet uh, that he was looking for. And so he stays and defensive, uh, defensive injuries hit his team, but he still finished top 10 in total defense, I believe, according to PFF, which is pretty reliable. And so Robert Sala has done great things in San Francisco. And I believe the offense they're going to run there, definitely the defense they're going to run there is going to be pretty similar to the one they ran in San Francisco, but I believe the offense will too. I, I think he's bringing the quarterbacks coach or one of the position coaches from San Francisco, maybe the passing game coordinator as his offensive coordinator. So I believe it's going to be a Shanahan type system, Mike and Kyle Shanahan uh, with that power run outside zone scheme. So I think it'll be something like that in New York. Um, move on from Frank Gore and bring in. I wouldn't. I wouldn't surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if they drafted two or more running backs early. I mean, top four rounds, they could get two or three running backs with all those picks or the picks they could accumulate. Uh, so would not surprise me at all for San Francisco and New York to look pretty similar next year, um, starting at the top with Robert Sala. So those are, I think he's a culture changer, and so Robert Sala, good hire. And those are really my outlooks on the coaching hires as of yet. Philadelphia might go with Josh McDaniels, Houston, um, the enemy Dayball still out there. I think Brian Dayball would be a terrific coach. I think he's looking at the Philadelphia. I think he would have 100% accepted the Chargers job. I thought the Chargers job should have been offered to him. And now I think if Philadelphia offers the job, I think he'll say no. I think if Houston offers the job, he'll say no. So I think Brian Dayball will be back next year as the offensive coordinator with Josh Allen again. And um, more jobs are going to be open next year. Uh, I'm not sure I can put my finger on any for sure right now that he would want to accept. I didn't prepare for that, so uh, maybe that maybe that'll be a call the audible Instagram post coming up. But I think Dayball is going to look at these two jobs; they're not desirable, and I think he'll say no. I'll stick with Josh Allen, this defense, and try to make another run of the Super Bowl if we don't get it this year. And so I think Dayball will be one of those guys, kind of like Sala, to be honest. That we just talked about it; it just wasn't right this off season. And I think it'll probably be the right next off season. Um, there'll be a, there'll be a job out there that's desirable for him. But as of right now, I don't see that anymore. Now that the Chargers job is off the table. So that is how I see those head coaching hires. That is my review of the divisional round, my preview of the championship games. Give you my Super Bowl pick. I think Green Bay over the Buffalo Bills in the upcoming Super Bowl. And then we'll head to the offseason and talk all about the team's plans and the NFL's plans for the 2021 NFL season. Thanks for listening to Call the Audible, episode 5, I believe. See you next time.